I woke up to the room spinning. Or more accurately, it was me who was spinning, but I needed to take stock, that's for sure. So I asked myself the three questions that I ask every morning. How much had I drank the night before? How had I gotten to bed? And last of all, when was it going to happen? Question number one, how much had I drank? Well, that is what a seminary professor of mine would have called an answerable research question. So I played back the tape in my head starting from when I was last sober, which was when I had been leaving my office the afternoon before. I had bought a pint of whiskey and a 30-pack of beer on the way home. I knew that much. And I knew better than to think that there was even a single drop of whiskey left in that pint bottle. I knew I had made a Manhattan for my wife, call that a third of a cup, give or take. So by the transitive property, I guess, that meant that I had drank 12 ounces of whiskey plus an unknown number of beers, more than one, less than six, call it four. So 16 drinks, kind of a lot for a Tuesday. But hey, I had answered question number one. How much had I drank? On to question number two for the morning. How had I gotten to bed? My wife and I had decided to watch a movie, and I remembered that the whiskey was settling down heavily on me, so I had to keep shifting around on the couch in order to stay awake, and then there was a, a blank. I had no memory of how I had gotten to bed. There was whiskey, then a murder mystery that I wasn't following in the slightest, and then it was like one of those pages at the end of a section of a standardized test that just says, this page intentionally left blank. So question number two, how did I get to bed? Another Wednesday morning, waking up from a blackout with a hangover. I had stopped counting how many times I had blacked out. What was I counting for? What was I counting up to or, or down from? And what was I trying to prove? And who was I trying to prove it to? I already knew. The blackouts I was ignoring, but not so easy to ignore a hangover. But then again, I woke up every single day with a hangover, so a hangover is not so much a consequence as it is an indication of what time of day it is. On bad hangover mornings, I would need to drink a beer just to stop the room from spinning, just to stop my hands from shaking. Sort of like Bloody Marys over brunch with your friends after a big night out, only it's a beer in your kitchen by yourself on a Wednesday. Once I had slalomed my way over to the refrigerator on a morning and I found that the cardboard 30-pack was absolutely empty. I had nothing to blunt the force of the hangover, and that morning was pure misery. After that, I kept a bottle of Listerine in the bathroom, the gold kind, not the blue kind. Now, if you have never purchased gold Listerine, allow me to give you the, the, the tasting notes. Gold Listerine tastes like a cough drop screaming right in your face. Gold Listerine tastes like Malort and a Glade plug-in air freshener had a baby. <laughs> Gold Listerine burns like hell going down and swallowing it 
in any amount larger than a spoonful triggers an immediate gag reflex. But John, you might be thinking, but John, if that is what gold Listerine is like, then why would you have that instead of the blue kind, which is nice and minty? Because, dear friends, gold Listerine is 25% alcohol by volume, meaning it is the lousiest 50-proof drink that money can buy. If I drank a quarter cup of it, fighting past the gag reflex to keep it down, that would do the same work as a shot of vodka. It would take care of the spins. It would stop my hands from shaking. It was a drink of last resort, and I am the sort of guy who knows what a drink of last resort is, is for. Anyway, I couldn't remember how I had gotten to bed, but I didn't need to drink gold Listerine that morning, so on question number two, we'll call it a draw. That just left the third question. When was it going to happen? From the Apostle Paul, prolific writer of open letters to the church in Corinth. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each one's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. If anyone builds on the foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, straw, whiskey, Listerine, Advil, lies, tall boys, pre-gaming, nip bottles, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. The third question I ask myself every morning, when was it going to happen? I had built my whole life around drinking. I structured my days around drinking, structured my weeks around drinking, spent my vacations drinking. I built my work schedule around drinking, built my whole life around it. So the question I always ask, the question I didn't know the answer to, the only question that mattered to me, when was it going to happen? When was the fire? When was the fire going to come? fire that reveals, the fire that destroys? When was my secret, uncontrolled, uncontrollable, miserable drinking going to burn down everything that I had built in my life? My work, my marriage, my health, my being alive. I knew that the fire was coming, but when? It had long stopped being something I was dreading. It was just something I was waiting around for. I knew that my life was going to burn because I had, I had built my life around death. I had built my life around drinking, and I didn't want to live that life anymore. 
I was ready for the fire. I wanted the fire. I wanted to burn. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. I knew that the fire was coming. I knew it. But what I didn't know, I didn't know was that the fire was going to, to save me. That was honestly a surprise. I was a Christian at that time. I am a Christian at this time. I was very on board, is what I'm trying to say. I was very on board. I was very on board with the idea of a God of deliverance, a God of love who meets people exactly where they are. I was very on board. What I didn't know, I didn't know that it's, it's true. It's all true. It's all true. Grace and being bought back, having sold yourself cheap. The sheep lost on the mountain with God in reckless, relentless pursuit. The path to new life going straight through the hearts of the realm of death, the cross and the empty tomb, God surrounded by seraphim fire that burns away everything but what is good. It's true. It's all true. I was fucking surprised. <laughs> I didn't know what God has in store for burned up, burned out little things like me. I didn't know that there was a life, a life I want to live on the other side of that fire. It's a life that tastes like, like blueberry pancakes from a diner that I can actually eat because I didn't have to stop the spins with gold whiskers. I have a life that smells like my daughter's hair, my daughter who has never seen me take a drink, my daughter who isn't going to have to bury me in an early grave if I have anything to say about it. The life that I had been living needed to be burned down. I knew that. But I didn't know. I didn't know what God has in store for burned up, burned out little things. The question that I ask last of all and every day, when, when is it going to happen? That question is for you, whoever you are who knows exactly what it is, even if you've never touched a drop of liquor, even if that is not your thing. That's a question for you, you who have felt those first licks of fire, you who have smelled the smoke and know what it is that is burning. You who maybe aren't even dreading that fire anymore, just kind of waiting around waiting for the day when you can finally use your go bag and leave his ass for that day that you wish you could just tell him where the go bag was hidden so you could see the look on his stupid face. That's for you, those who can finally put the closet behind you forever, who can come out of the closet to everyone, even with, if you know who, if you know 
exactly what it is. And you need a God of deliverance, a God of reckless, relentless hope. God who says of the burned, these are my kinsmen. God who says of the lost, these are my travelers on the way. God who says of the dead, the left behind, the cast aside. God who says of them, these are my compatriots. If you need a God where it is a matter of life or death, all true. So give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance to find out just what God has in store for burned up, burned out little things like us. We don't usually do this after sermons, but the word of God for the people of God. 